Welcome into another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. But the real quarterback, he is Tony Pike of UC, Reading High School and Carolina Panthers fame, and a noted quarterback whisperer in the area. Guru. Guru. I watched one of your quarterbacks on TV Saturday night, Cam Hergett from Beachwood. Uh, made some good throws. They lost seven to three. Taft he made some good plays. Taft. Taft's got some athletes. I tell you what, they they are really well coached. They've got a good nose tackle. Yes, they do. That guy plugged up the middle. <laughs> he really did. We'll talk some high school football coming up in segment two. Segment three will feature college football, but we start with the National Football League and mm. the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. All right, I bought in week one yep. that maybe this coaching staff could scheme around some of the deficiencies and. The second half of the Buffalo game made me think, huh, they got a little rhythm running the ball, look like what they wanted to do with their play-action game. This offense maybe is going to start to evolve. Now it's it's pretty convincing to me that, and I know people are thinking, you're going to say it's on Zach Taylor. It may be. I, I still don't know the answer to that. It, it's, it's pretty plain, though, that um, and it happens to a lot of teams in the league. You eventually get to the realization that it's time to reboot, rebuild, yep. whatever you want to say. I'm at that point now. What say you, Tony Pike? Yeah, and, and the problem with this year is that for the last few years, the organization has had a scapegoat because it hasn't been the roster. It's been, well, Marvin Lewis has to go. And that's what people have been able to talk about the last couple of years. Well, now Marvin Lewis is gone. You bring in a new face. You bring in a new staff. And now the roster is being exposed. It's not Zach Taylor, which everyone's talking about. It's how bad the roster looks and, right now. And let's be clear real quickly, not, not to cut you off. It was time for Marvin Lewis. To yes, go. it was absolutely. time for a new voice. That, yes. you, you'd reach that stage of the game, but but but, but, but you're right. It, it, and I think the front office either they really thought they deep down really thought that all it's going to take is a coaching change. Right. We don't have to do much. This guy's going to come in and fix it, or they just tried to buffalo the fans of Hey, we got you your coach. That's yep. what you wanted. Hey, new coach is going to take him some time. Yeah, you know. To, but. It, but they didn't go that route, though, that's going to take some time. Right. They they made the choice, and they made the statement that we're going all in for this year. Yes. You didn't draft for the future. You didn't. No, you didn't, right. right like you, you drafted to try to win this year. You, you go out, and, and here's the thing. Yes, it's time to start the rebuild, because what they've done is they've just put all these Band-Aids on different problems, and yep. those Band-Aids rip up, and the problem's worse. Yes. The, the infection is spreading, whatever you want to. But what that would take is something that this franchise has never been willing to do. That's that right. would be to make these moves. And and, and look, it, and I'm telling you right now, if you don't, and I think it's the time, I said it on another podcast this, the, that I did, you've come to the time now where your moves either better pay off in grand fashion. Let me, let me backtrack. What you have to do now is honestly, you have to give the fan base the fact that you're bringing in a bona fide NFL caliber general manager with yep. that title that we can now point to and go, it's on him. Yep. I can't point to anybody. I, look, I can point to Duke Tobin a little bit and go, dude, your grass have sucked. Yep. But I don't know if it's all. I don't know if it's all on him because right. the coaches have had input along the way. I still can't tell you with any definitiveness, and maybe you can. Maybe you know better than I do. I can't tell you who officially makes the pick on draft day. No, I, I can't. Can you? No, and and. Would it surprise you if I told you it was Marvin Lewis? No. Nope. Back in the day? Would it surprise you if I told you it was Duke Tobin? No. Nope. Would it surprise you if I told you it was Mike Brown? No. We have no idea. And the problem is, is that when you when you put all these draft class together, so this year we were told Drew Sample. Drew Sample right now is best ranked. Block, best blocking tight end in the out of, draft. Out of 10 rookie tight ends playing, he's the lowest ranked best blocking, run blocking tight end. You're stupid because he's the best blocking oh. tight end in the draft. Yeah. Remember? Well, well there's nine other tight oh. ends that are. 
run blocking better. Well, there's, it's because he's getting a lot of snaps, though, Tony. There's, there's, yeah, there's nine other tight ends that have more catches, completion, or yards, touchdowns, everything, than Drew Sample. But, but he gets a lot of snaps. Yeah. Oh, Jermaine Pratt. How's that working out? We're, we're not going to go get Quan Alexander and, no. and overpay him no. because we got this guy from NC State, That's Jermaine right. Pratt. Yeah, he's going to, yeah. What's he doing? Um, His reps were taken this week by a guy they signed, what, last week? He did get a couple reps, but yeah. Leroy Reynolds has gotten more snaps than right. he has, yeah. So, so all you, you've missed in the draft. It, yes, there's been some bad luck to that, but at the same yes. point, if anything's going to change, if I'm the Bengals, I call the Bears and I say, hey, you guys are close. What would you be willing to give for Andy Dalton? I call a team like the Patriots. Hey, I know the Antonio Brown thing didn't work. What would you give for uh, AJ, AJ Green? Green. Yep, no, no question. Uh, Geno Atkins. What? Just find ways because right now you look across the league. I can go through every team that has at least something to look forward to. Even the Miami Dolphins, as bad as they are, they are stockpiled with first round picks. Yes, they can. They can look forward and say, "Hey, we're putting our eggs in this basket." You can go to Arizona. Kyler Murray, number one overall quarterback. You can go to all these different teams. What right now is that for the Bengals? Because you can't say Joe Mixon, because if I'm Joe Mixon... Zach Taylor. If I'm Joe Mixon, why would I want to re-sign here anyway with the offensive line and, that's assembled? And folks, in case you're wondering, after next year, Joe Mixon becomes yes, a free agent. agent. And what what have these running backs, high-profile running backs, done as of late? Just hold out. Yeah, right. So the answer is not Joe Mixon. Is it a quarterback that will be in his 10th year? Is it an aging defense? Is it where? Is it John Ross? Is it Drew Sample? Jermaine Pratt? Who? Who going forward do you put your hat on and say, well, we can build around this guy? Tyler, we can build Tyler around Boyd, this. Tyler Boyd, but you're not building right. around Tyler Boyd. Right. So all of that, you're mixing all that. I, I, I just don't know at this point who that is for the Bengals. And if that's the answer. And the problem is, if you're going through this reboot and rebuild and maybe a different philosophy, because the philosophy has been, and I've agreed with it, of draft retain, and build with your own. And, yes. and, it, and it has worked. I mean, it worked to make them five straight playoff appearances, right? Yep. It, it worked. But now you're starting to whiff badly in the yes. draft. Some of it, not no fault of your own, but some of it, absolute fault of your own. Maybe you got maybe you got over your skis and thought you're a super genius and right. that anything I decide is going to be the right thing. Well, all I can tell you is, since really the Cedric Boy jake Fisher draft, it has been yeah. nothing but disaster after disaster. And that's why we are where we are right, right now. You You... Your, your organizational philosophy isn't to dive into high-priced free agents. It's to no. pick at the scrap heap to plug yep. in a gap. And that's okay if the other 19 or 20 spots are really good because you've drafted and retained. But when you're starting to plug in John Miller at right guard, yeah. who really can't play, and Bobby Hart after yeah. last year at right tackle, that's, who really can't That was our big offseason signing on right. the offensive line. Then suddenly you've, you've got a roster full of deficient players, and that's right. where we are. So that's why I'm saying... I'll go back to. Do you have faith that this front office is capable no. of having an organizational philosophy or a philosophy switch, and or rebuilding this roster to make it better? I at, don't. At this point, I don't. And at this point, when you look, and I know, I know different things have happened. I know it wasn't going to be the the you know their their once in decade talents, but this team in the past few years chose to pass on Lamar Jackson. They passed on a guy like Mahomes and Deshaun Watson to go get their guys. So. They have passed on the... And, and I'm okay with that right. because I think they had a capable quarterback. But then when you're trying to draft for the other position groups right. to go around that and you whiff... It doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So then you, you either should have went and got one of those guys and built your team around a rookie quarterback salary or you have to nail 
some of these guys. And when you don't do it in the draft, then you have to do what you're not comfortable with and go make a big trade. Well, or you have to go sign a big free agent. That's that's what you have to do you if you want to win in this league. And now, I thought Malik Jefferson had a good game Sunday, didn't oh, you? Yeah. Last year's third round pick? Yeah, 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 yeah. But now, when you're not doing that and this is the product that's on the field, I mean, think, think as a Cincinnati fan base mentally how we act. Week one, well, they were close. That's a, that's a mental win. I, I don't even know if it was close. I, I think it was just... It the, just felt it, different. It just felt different, yeah. So then you talk... I was talking myself on Monday afternoon into saying, you know what, if the Bengals beat Pittsburgh... Oh, I was too. And then they I beat Arizona, they're, they're one game out. They're, they're a trip to Baltimore away Going to Baltimore being, yeah. for being in first. That is where, as a Cincinnati fan, I've resorted to trying to, to tease myself and talk myself into no, this I stuff. No, th- I think Monday, honestly, was the best thing that could have happened as, 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 a, as a journalist yep. and, as a, as a, and for those that are fans, uh, maybe for the organization of, you know what, you bottomed out. Yep. And, and, and we saw the bottoming out process that this roster needs a complete and utter overhaul, and you better start doing it sooner rather than later. And listen, I, I do, I think Andy Dalton's a more capable quarterback, I believe, than you think he is, but... I think if you're in that process, yep. then then he's up for sale. He's up for trade yeah. debate. I, I got no problem with that. Um, AJ Green is absolutely open mm-hmm. for that. Geno Ack, anybody. I mean, there's the nobody, problem is if you don't do it with AJ this year, you're, you're and he no, walks. Yeah, what did you? How bad do you look? You look stupid. Yes. And there's no way. This will also tell me. I, I want people to understand when I say this. This is not an indictment on AJ Green. He's a he's a terrific. Talent. Yeah. It, He's been injured a chunk over the last few years, and that starts to make me worry a little bit. He's going to yep. be 32 when next season starts. He's not doesn't have the fountain of youth, although he's got a body that looks like he could play forever. He doesn't because the body's breaking down to some degree. Some of it right. just the, the nature of the game. But are you going to throw a ton of money at a 32-year-old wide receiver on a team that's that's got other right. gi- giant holes? Right. You can't do and that. I know, and if I know. If you do that, it'll tell me that, honestly, you don't know what right. you're doing. And I know AJ says all the right things, but if you're AJ Green, do you want to come back for a rebuild? I would say deep down, probably not. But I, I, think, I think he is one of those guys who would well, love problem, to spend the his The problem AJ is AJ, and, and, and AJ honestly, looks up to Larry Fitzgerald. And maybe, They're close, yes. and that's like the Larry Fitzgerald model. Yeah. But Larry Fitzgerald made it to a Super he Bowl. He made it to a Super Bowl. Um, and I think AJ, when he has said this, and he said it actually to us right after he got the boot off, um, that he would like to stay in Cincinnati. I think he's absolutely sincere in that. But I also think at the time he said it, maybe he got buffaloed into thinking, "Hey, we're not that far away." Yeah, yeah, you are. You're way, yep. you're way far away, right. man. You're way far away. You're three linebackers, and eventually a new quarterback. And at least Offensive one, at least a, at least one guard and one yep. tackle, because you do get Jonah Williams back. And right. we, we don't know if he's going to pan out either. But right. I would the hope is okay. It was the right pick to make. Let's yeah. let's give them that. It would whether it pans out or not. That was the right pick mm-hmm. to make. Um, yeah. So you're at that stage if you're him of do I do I really want to be a part of this? Right. Is this how I want to go out? And, and if you're the Bengals, you but you can't afford to do that though. Right. And even if he gives you the 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 hometown discount. It's still a sizable chunk of change he is yes. going to make on the hometown discount, too. Correct. So get some value. You got to yes. the end of this month to get some value. Yep. And look, I'm not here to tell you it's time to turn to Ryan Finley as your quarterback and make him the quarterback of the future. Right. But if you can swing a deal for Andy Dalton by the yep. deadline, it's really good. It gives you an opportunity to see what Ryan Finley is. Yes. And then you and get attack a, the draft yeah. next year. And, and you're right. I think for him, it would be a team that... that like a Chicago Bears that has a lot of good parts. Yep. And Andy Dalton is way better than Chase Daniel, and he's not going to screw right. this up. And, and, hey, he just needs to come in and be kind of a manager. And right. We, a, he's, uh, a, he's an upgrade over what we have a good now. offensive line. Yeah. I mean, there's there's teams. 
I look at the Packers. You put AJ Green on the Packers. You put AJ Green on the Patriots or put something him, like put that. On the Saints, right? I mean, there are there are teams that if you really wanted to make something happen, you could start making some calls uh, because historically the Bengals don't do this. So, and, but but historically, that's why they've gone three decades without correct. winning a playoff. Game. Exactly. So at, at what point, if Monday's not the kick in the gut, when is? Yes. Because the the football product on Monday. You're, watching, you, you, are, you are how old? How old are you? Thirty three. Thirty three. So basically, in your lifetime, you've never no. seen a, you, even even in the playoff win. You were too young to remember. Right. I mean, I I grew up at least and saw two Super Bowls, but I've yep. also now seen thirty years yep. of this, and. I think as time goes on, I hope we don't get to the point in five years where you go, you know what, man, Marvin deserves a lot more credit than we even gave him. And he does. He deserves yeah. a lot of credit. He changed the culture of the organization. Yeah. But but you're you're walking a, a tightrope now if you're the Bengals organization of losing a fan base. Completely losing it. I mean, you go to other fan bases, like, and, and Mo Egger mentioned this yesterday, you go to Kansas City, that fan base loves the Chiefs, no matter what. Yes. The Browns. Bills. Dude, I was just the in Bills. Buffalo. Those people they are love nuts. their teams. You don't see that no. here. No, and, because and, you've gotten kicked in the head too right. many times. So, so at least, and, and it's generational now. I mean, again, right. you're you're at the age where you're going to start to have your own children here at some point, right? And and, it, yeah, and so now you're at the point they're of never going to win. I, right? They haven't done it in my right. lifetime. Hey, kid, maybe they'll do it in yours. Right? I mean, and even the Browns didn't win a game a few years ago. And and that that but fan base went, what, loves them, right? But what did they then do? They went and got a competent yes. general manager in, 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 yep. in John Dorsey. Yep. They decided Hugh Jackson was a clown show. Let's move yep. on for that. And I don't know if Freddie Kitchens is the answer either. That right. feels like a jump the gun moment. But they they brought in a qualified NFL yep. general manager who has done things in this league to build a team. And and that's my thing. It's not a five year rebuild process in the NFL. Three. If you, you get can, the you right guy, you can do it in three, and you could start seeing. The fruits of that in two. And you've already got, from a rebuild perspective, I'm getting a new piece in Jonah Williams at some right. point, maybe later this You're year. You're going to get a high year. draft pick yes. to start next year. Why not stockpile draft picks and start that way yes. and, and, and give yourself every and opportunity? And if not, and they have, done, I, I, they have done a good job with their dollars, and more so than people think, because they've always put money in what I would call the rainy day account to yep. sign A.J. Green and re-sign him, to re-sign Andy Dalton when they did. To extend to Giovanni Bernard. They've always had, to, to last year, to, to extend Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. I'm not asking you people to to agree that those were the right moves, but I, I, I do think that they, they were, and that, that's their philosophy. Yep. All right, let's go away from that then. The rainy day fund is gone. I'm not going to re-up A.J. Green again. I'm not going to give him, just because he's been a good soldier and a, and, a, and, a, and a great guy and all those things, I'm not paying for that because it's, it's cost inefficient. It's not. It doesn't right. make any sense when you have all these other issues. Yep. But I... I gotta be honest. I don't have faith they do it right. right. I have no and faith that's in the it. Problem. And I think that's the problem that no with the fan does. base. Yep. Is the fan base now says, "Yep, I don't have faith in you people doing this because you're going to try to do it your way." And guess yep. what? In thirty years, in thirty years, yep. your worked. way has not worked. I, Paul Brown, and you can look and go, "Why they have success before this this lengthy mm-hmm. run?" Because Paul Brown was alive, and Paul Brown knew football, right. and he knew what football players look like and how to build a football team, okay? Yep. Paul Brown died in 1991. It is no coincidence that it has not been since that point right. in time that they have won a, won a playoff game. Right. It really isn't. Well, the problem is, and I, and I mentioned this, the football, the game of football has changed. I mean, you talk about 10 years ago, when I was coming out of Cincinnati, it was, well, he's a shotgun quarterback, you can't make can't the transition. That. Right. Right. That's all they do now. Yep. Every team, the the game is changing. The tempo is changing. The skill set you need to build a roster is changing. And that's where Zach Taylor may be the perfect right. guy to coach that. Yeah, but, but you got to get those pieces. Yes, yeah. It, it, it 
that's where money to me was just the final. Yeah. Was, it was almost like you I know mean, what? Good. It, I, I, I now saw it for myself completely that it, it the maybe I fooled myself in week one of thinking mm-hmm. all right maybe this roster at least is good enough to do some yeah. things this year with these guys. No, but look what no, the rosters not. have done. Look at the Saints who lose Drew Brees and have two of the most impressive wins on their resume the last two weeks. You're right, because of the whole roster. Yeah. Look what the Kansas City Chiefs do. They lose. Look at the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they, they lose they survived, Kareem Hunt. They've survived Cam Newton's loss. Yeah, they lose. Kansas City loses Kareem Hunt. They lose Tyree Kill. Still doing what they're doing. Jacksonville had that team that went to the play, that went to the AFC Championship game yep. two years ago. Still have the core of that team. Thought yep. they needed an upgraded quarterback. Did that, and now without that quarterback, they're still winning games. Because guess yes. what? That core of that AFC Championship game there. is still around. Yes, it, it is possible to do it. But again. That means you have to have the confidence in an organization that hasn't done it for 30 years to finally say, yeah, okay, we're going to do it. And maybe maybe the San Francisco game was a start because as good as they looked in a loss to Seattle, that, that game against San Francisco wasn't sold out. The fans oh, haven't no. bought back in yet. No. This Sunday, it's going to be, there's going to be more people at Nippert Friday night than will be at the game on Sunday against the Arizona have, have Cardinals. They, they, I'm assuming, have they sold out Friday night's game? Yes, Okay, I so, then, then, so I, yeah. then they absolutely will, because I think the season ticket base for the Bengals is somewhere around 35000 yeah. That will be the announced attendance, whether that's right. even that many people in the place or not. I mean, the, the average price, and, and the Bengals are one of the lowest, the average yes. price to take a family of four to an NFL game is like 480 Yeah, are you getting banged for your Is that what you want to do? Yeah. No. On a Sunday? No. When I could sit at home and watch the, the Sunday ticket and watch every NFL game I want? And and guess what happens to the fan like you that does that after three years, four years, right. five years, and you come to the realization of, honestly, this is more enjoyable than going down right. to a football game. Yep. Unless they were to win on I a have, grand scale. And I mean, like, yep. let's just say they make a Super Bowl run one year. Yep. That'll get you back. I have found but myself. If, but if you continue muddling in the 9-7, and 7-9, seven, seven and yep. nine, you're not coming back for that. Yep. Maybe a game, I've, occasional I've game. I've found myself more interested because of how they play that I'll make it a point to watch the Kansas City Chiefs. Sure. I'll make it a point to watch the Saints. Tampa Bay right now is fun to watch because they're scoring points. I'll make it Tony, a point I, to do you know, all that. As, as you, I mean, I cover the Bengals yep. on, a, on a daily basis. And so this past Sunday, I actually had a chance to be a fan. Right. Like, I, I turned on the Red Zone channel, didn't turn it off. Right. I mean, I, I, it's, and, and I, it's, 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 out, it's superb. Yep. I got a feel for literally every NFL game. And occasionally, because we were the Kansas City game was, was in this market right. shown, occasionally I'd go back during a lull to go back and watch a little bit of that game, yep. right? So it was, it was perfect for me. I, right. I, and if I was just a fan on a Sunday, and I grew up a, I won't be, I, I grew up a Bengals fan. I, I, my dad was a season ticket holder. We went from the time I was, well, we moved back here in 70, 74, 75. From that seventy five season on, we went to every game together. Yep. And as a, as a journalist, once I got into this and looked how this organization was run, and part of it is, then you become a journalist and you get a little right. cynical and you get a little jaded, and the fan in you goes out. I realized. How do you people root for this this club? Right. I don't get. How did I do that? Well, for, just, well, because Paul Brown was alive and he built yeah. good teams. Just imagine what this weekend did. If you're a Bengals fan, it, you it, you it, got it, the chance. It ended it. You got the chance like you did on Sunday to watch all these other mm-hmm. NFL games, and then Monday night on a national scale, you watched your quarterback get sacked eight times. You watched an opposing quarterback making his second career start throw sixteen passes to the running backs, dink and dunk you all the way down the field. Your linebackers were inept. Your offensive line was inept. And then you're thinking to yourself, man, wasn't wasn't that the problem last year? Ah, huh. huh, wasn't it? And now it's worse right now. Like, yeah. So you're as a fan, you almost come across like, well, do they care? Why should I care? I just watched brand of football on Sunday that was really good, and I just watched I, on just national TV a chance, a chance to to rewrite the script and a chance to say, you know what, we still have a chance. As crazy as it is this year, and you go out and you don't just lose, you embarrass yourself. 
and, and you embarrass the, the, the Cincinnati Bengal name on your chest. And you a, can't just go, oh, it, was one of those, it was one of those games the line didn't play well. One no. of those games the linebackers didn't no. play No, it's consistently that way. Right. I really think that they believed, in their heart of hearts, that they believed that all it was going to take was a new coaching change and new well, coaching We saw staff. that. Now they know that's not the case. Yes, and and I, I wanted to be clear. I'm not. I don't know if Zach Zach Taylor could stink for all I know, and Zach Taylor could be a freaking genius for all I know. I know this. He doesn't have a chance. Right. He doesn't have a chance. To What's win been given to him games. right now isn't fair. No, that's it's, correct. It's not fair to. It, it wouldn't be fair to any coach that took this job. And listen, when we're talking about this reboot and rebuild, there are some pieces in place. I, I would tell you this: William Jackson is a capable cornerback. Yes. Drake Patrick is okay, but he's, he's capable. Yep. I think your safeties are capable. Jesse Bates, yes. I think your defensive linemen are capable. I think you've got pieces there. Yep. You need a complete overhaul at, 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 at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's time to move forward with the quarterback thing. I'm, I'm kind of yep. on board with that. I, I don't know if Ryan Finley will fit the bill, but I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, you know, you have uh, uh, Tyler Boyd in place now mm-hmm. for a chunk of years. Maybe you extend John Ross into that fifth-year rookie option, which I'll, I'll ask you a question on here in just a second. Um I think running backs are, are easy to find in this yeah, league. And, and I, 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 I really do. So I, I don't know if I spend a lot of money on Joe Mixon long term. I don't think I spend money on Joe Mixon. But, but you got Jonah Williams at left tackle. You've right. got you, you you've got a, at least enough guards that I think if you put good tackles around them would be more capable. Yep. So you, you're only maybe Michael a right, Jordan for the future. Yeah, maybe you're only a right tackle away from solidifying that, and Jonah Williams right. away from solidifying. So I don't think you're you're, not you're that miles far off. off. Yeah, you're not miles off. I but think you you have to be willing to take that chance yes, now, and, yes. and this team for forever now has has shown that they are not going to take chance and they're going to play it safe and they're going to just patch this. I mean, we were sold on the offseason that, well, Preston Brown's coming back and he's I, lost weight. I bought it. And Bobby Hart. Silly me bought you know, it. Bobby Hart, John Jerry. John Jerry didn't play football last year. Didn't play football. That's a fact. That is a diet. John Miller. And those are, those are what Cincinnati gave us and said, hey, Look what we're doing. And our new coach. Look at this. Remember, it's a new day yeah. with our new coach. Look at this flashy stuff over here, and we're just going to backdoor sign Bobby Hart for $21 million. Like, what? What What? Are, what are we doing? But we didn't want to pay Quan Alexander, who came out against us and, and looked like an all-pro? <laughs> he was all over the place. I mean, it, it, it's just, it. it is time and time again, and, and there's... I mean, Giovanni Bernard. We we re-sign Giovanni Bernard because he's going to have a big role, and he doesn't have a role. He has no role. Like there's there's just question marks all around this team that that people have built in and people have bought in around this city to try to cling to something. I think that's part because of the there's to cling there's to so many fans that are like oh, I've been a fan for so long, and I don't want to give up on this team, and I'm just going to cling to this one last thing. I think that last thing is gone. Yeah. I think, I, I think and that's that's, that's what's dangerous because a lot of fans are at that point now where they were clinging. They're like, "Screw it, yeah, I'm not doing this." All right, John Ross. It sounds like he's going to be out about a month or so, maybe longer. Who knows? Um, he's finishing year three. Showed some flashes this year, but has been either injury prone or unproductive for the most part. He's dealt with some drop issues this year too. Um, as a first round draft pick, you can exercise a fifth year option on him um, next year. Do you do it? Uh, at this point, with how you're going to reorder your roster. I think it comes down to that. I think if you're if you're going to sell some pieces, then I don't have a problem bringing John Ross back and saying, "Okay, try to let, let's try to plug him in on this new regime and this new yeah. system and see what he can do." Cuz you saw some productivity, there's right? Been, there's been the flashes, mm-hmm. but again, this is also it 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 doesn't help John Ross that the offensive line's terrible. No, right. It doesn't help John Ross that Andy Dalton has no time. Be- because his main his main weaponry is to get him in space down the right. field. And you can't do that with the offensive line. No, 
No, you cannot at all. Uh, a couple quick NFL things to touch on inside the division. Um, I, I count me as those that were not surprised that, that Cleveland went to Baltimore mm-hmm. and won because I do think Cleveland's roster is better. Did people overreact on Lamar Jackson, or now am I overreacting going back against thinking Lamar Jackson can can be a quality quarterback the way this league is played? I think Lamar is a is a good quarterback. Okay. They they you're, you're not alone. No, they they they. I watched the game. They dealt with a lot of drops in that game. Mm-hmm. They had some misses. Um, Chris Moore needed to be better. Andrews had a couple and drops. Was a sieve, and the is... defense, which is something. I mean, they're relying on power running game and yep. a good defense. When you get down by a lot of points, that brings up Lamar Jackson's. Uh, weaknesses right now, which is just the I got to drop back and throw the ball forty times. Right. That's, That's not what they want to do. No. Uh, but when they're playing their system and they get what they want, I, I still think he's more than a capable quarterback. And he again, he he scares me to death. Thinking the Bengals got to go to Baltimore with our linebacking core and seeing what that's going to do <laughs> against Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, Andrews, and and company. So I, I still think there there's a good chance that Lamar Jackson ends up and improves a lot of people that, that are doubters wrong and, and a lot of people that have backed them right. But like you said, the the Browns, to me, I think they figured it out a little bit. I think Freddie Kitchens, instead of trying to get all these pieces involved, said, look, I have a really good you running back. You, you, you still thought they were a 10-win team last yeah. week, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, they're going to have seven seven games. Yeah, no, that, no. I mean, I, gonna... I, I think Sunday proved your point that they're still a very capable team. Yeah, I think they just figured out, like, hey, our running back's really good and we're going to run the ball first. Yeah. Pretty pretty novel concept. Yeah, unreal. In that, and, and being effective in, in yeah, doing that. Yeah, crazy. Um, is there a chink in the Rams? Yeah, I, I think the, the inability to run the ball right now. And a lot of that starts up front. When I mean, you talk about the Bengals, there's other teams that struggle on the offensive line too. We just see them work around it. Yes. We, we haven't seen that from the Bengals yet. Uh, but to me, the, the offensive line running the ball for the Rams is in question. I think their receiving course fine. I don't know about Todd Gurley. I'm interested to see what's going on with their defense. Yeah. Because on paper, they should be dominant. They should be dominant. Um, and I again, mean, Donald, Aaron Donald alone yes. makes that defense dominant. And again, that they have a get-right game coming up here in a couple weeks in London. In London. They'll, <laughs> they'll get their confidence. <laughs> the get-right game. All right, in, in, in a couple of other divisions, in the AFC South, where everybody is 2-2, two and two, who do you put stock on? If I gave you if I gave you a $100 bill and said, Tony, you get to bet on one of these teams to win the division, who would it be? In the AFC? Yeah, the AFC North. I yeah. mean, AFC South, rather. Um, I don't know right now. I don't either. I mean, it, and I would, it sounds like a cop out, right? No, it, it, it. I can make a case for Jacksonville doing it, and Jacksonville yeah. not even coming close. I can make a case for Indy doing it, and well, then, Indy yeah, not coming close. But then I see Indy I make, this week against I can make, the Raiders. Right, I can make a case for Tennessee doing it, and Tennessee yep. not doing. I mean, literally, it's everybody in that division. I can yep. make a case for and against so in a big way. That's why they're uh, all two and two. I, I gave, exactly. but I, I gave, I get here it is. I gave you the hundred dollar bill. Who are you putting mm. it on? Let's go Gardner Minshew. I'm going with him, too. If I they think, can I think figure out and get Jalen Ramsey to be back Just in, shut his mouth and play. Shut up and play. Yes. And I think a lot of that with how they started was Jalen Ramsey, like, I'm done. Yeah. But now that... And then I think the rest of the team said, good, we're yeah. done with you, then and, we'll just move on with And now him. back-to-back wins. I think you can sell back to Jalen Ramsey, like, look, we're not far off here. No, not we at all. We can win this year. I mean, Leonard Fournette feels looks rejuvenated yes. and revived, and Minshew, is, yep. while he's not great, and again, he's done a lot they're of one good of things. The, they're one of those teams that they have a get-right game coming up. Yes. Forget, I forgot about the get, right, the get right games coming in three weeks. I think yep. for them, um, and then let me let me go to the other other side of things in in the uh, in the AFC in the NFC East. Did Sunday Dallas loss say more about the Saints or more about the Cowboys weren't as good as I as as we thought, especially offensively? 
I, I think it says more about the Saints, and, and I think, again, that is a team. I mean, they locked up Amari yep. Cooper, locked him and up. And Lattimore was yeah. excellent. I, I'm still not sold on Dak Prescott. They have a 31-year-old offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Uh, who's he's going to go through growing pains, mm-hmm. and that Saints in the in New Orleans, tough place to play, loud. Uh, it felt like they they'd lost their game plan and composure a little bit. They still have Ezekiel Elliott. Now here, I'm going to give you 100 bucks again. Okay, right? you got the 100 bucks. You got to you got to make one of two choices to win the NFC East. Okay, Dallas or Philly. Dallas. Philly's got too many holes right I'm going now. Philly. I think. Philly, yeah. I think. I, I like. I like. Okay. I like Philly. I, I, okay, so you got Dallas, and, and and we both got the Gardner Minshew's in the, uh, in the in the Jacksonville side of the game. So we'll go with that. Deal. Except now you've got my $100. I, I can't even make my own bet now. I got now. money now. Daggone it. I screwed I, that I just saw a, a pro football focus put this out. Yes. Uh, it says, this was among the five worst offensive line performances we have seen in the pro football focus era. <laughs> with their offensive linemen taking home a pro football focus pass block grade of 21.4. And they do that on a hundred a scale yes. of, of hundred being the no best. No team lost more matchups in a single game in the Pro Football Focus era than the Bengals did Monday night. They also gave up a franchise record amount of pressure. You know what? As, as much as I like Pro Football Focus, I didn't need them to tell me yep. that. I, I think I saw that with my own t- two eyes. Just, did, just to did, just did to I solidify not? that. No, in. I did pretty much just bring, to, yeah, bring just the to, point home. Just to to round out this segment. Exactly. All right. When we come back, we'll talk some high school football. Big matchup this Friday night in the Greater Catholic League South and really in the city. We'll talk about that and much, much more. we got college football coming up in Segment 3 as we roll along from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. This is the Angry Quarterbacks from ESPN is it, Media. Is it weird that since we had James Rapine on that John Ross has went back downhill? And Lamar Jackson's 0-2 since yep. then. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yep. We'll be right back. Getting answers. Finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike. We'll get into some college football. Big game for UC coming up on Friday. Uh, I'm going to guess if we look at our four playoff teams, we may have a shuffling in that of, of teams we would select yep. today. we got some Ohio State to talk about along those lines. But this is a segment on, on high school football. Big matchup Friday night. Elder St. X in, in the Local 12, Top 12 I moved Elder back to number two, Winton Woods to number three after Winton Woods lost to Lakewood St. Edward, just slightly worse than than Elder lost to them, yes. which tells me St. Edward is pretty damn good. Yes, they're good. But one versus two, so that's the matchup. X and Elder, um, you've seen these teams play. Yeah. Um, probably you've seen X a little bit more maybe, but you've seen both play. Yep. You know about them. We've talked about them. It is it. It's St. X. I don't know how much home field means in high school football. You're only traveling a little bit across town, for goodness sakes. It, mean, it means stuff when... when Teams like GCL and I talked to my brother about this who went to Elder. That St. Ed trip is tough. Oh, yeah, that stuff is tough. Like, that uh, stuff yeah, is really yeah, tough uh, in high school. But, no, a, a, yeah, short, a short trip like trip this shouldn't make that no. big of a difference. All right, but who you got and why? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to, at this point, from what I, I watched St. X on Friday night, I'm going to have to go Elder because... Really? I, I, that, yeah, I, I thought you were going the other way for sure. Well, I think St. X is going to be at a score points at a high pace, uh, which they've done a lot this year. But watching St. X's defense, and I didn't just watch it against Moeller. I've watched it different games this year. They're not fast on defense. Uh, they give away the edge really easy on the outside. Moeller was able to move the ball. Uh, Moeller was able to hit him down the field with some shots. When I look at the older offensive line, the tight end play, the ability to run the ball and possess the ball, because if you want to beat St. X right now, keep their offense off the yep. field. Yep. And Elder's going to have the ability to – 
run the ball and and control the clock. And I'm not saying their offense has been consistently right. great almost yep. all year long. I mean, the losses or the loss rather. And the flaws have been yeah. on the defensive side of the football. Now, what will be interesting is say next play with a tempo against Mueller on Friday night that I haven't seen in a high school football game with how fast they were snapping the ball in the first half. And it led to, I'm not kidding you, I think 15 Mueller guys went out with cramps well, I can in the second it. half. Yeah. And I know it was hot, and, and, and it's unseasonably hot, but... If but X, they must have seen something that said, let's tire. Yes, because let's, they haven't let's shown it. a ton let, of that tempo let, this year. Yeah, well, let, let's face it for Moeller. This is a very atypical Moeller team that doesn't have a ton of talent across the board. So if their starters are struggling the way they are, they're not, they, they probably haven't used their depth a ton because of that, right? So if you're yep. X, hey, they're not playing a bunch of guys on defense. Let's just go ahead and, and, right. and go with that kind of a tempo. And they did. And, and again, I, but I think, I think what's interesting against St. X and Elder is Elder's going to be the one that's possessing the ball for long drives. So I don't think X can afford to go a ton of tempo. Because if you start going tempo and you run into a quick three and out or another quick three and out and your defense is just getting punched in the right. face with the running game, all of a sudden you got a really tired group out there on defense. So I think because Elder has the ability to possess the ball a little more, but this to me is like a... 35-31 type I, of that, game. That's exactly Because it. I don't think either defense can stop the other offense. Not, not consistently right. enough. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. And I do. I will say this. I mean, the the, the job that uh, Matthew Reavy has done at St. X, coming in kind of the unknown guy this year, because they've had Clifford, who's doing great things at Penn State. Yeah. you got Wolf at Wisconsin. You had Hudipole coming in last year. It's kind of the unknown this year, and he's handled everything that's been thrown at him in a, in a great way. So... I think that uh, I think that again, thirty-five, thirty-one type of game. In the uh, this week's Harbin ratings uh, that were released on Tuesday, in Division One, Region Four, Saint X is number one. And again, these are computer points, so it's not that they anointed X number one. Right. X has earned those points. Fairfield is number two, and I, I am really looking forward. I, I I do Princeton games. The only game I'm not doing, unfortunately, this Friday. Although we will have the broadcast for you. Princeton at Middletown uh, among them. We also have West Claremont at Loveland and, and uh, LaSalle taking on Moeller. I'll be broadcasting that game for Star 64. Uh, that game is at Princeton. Um, but I, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing Fairfield in two weeks. They have Lakota East this week, which yep. Princeton just came back and won. And then they have they, they have Princeton, and they still have at the end of the year Cole Rain. But uh, they handled Lakota, S, Lakota West pretty pretty easily last week, 33-7, to after that Hamilton scare yep. uh, a little bit. I I think this is a really good team. I do think there is a gap between X and Elder to them. Yes. And then a gap maybe from them in Colerain to, I think, all the rest in, in, in this region. Yeah, but uh, but again, what Fairfield possesses, when you start talking about they playoff can, they, football. They can defend. Bad weather. And they cold weather. McClain. Yes, they can run the ball and they can defend. And those two things carry a lot of weight yeah, I, when I, you get into the state playoffs. So that, that's a team to keep an eye on. Um, and maybe they stumble a little bit or, or a, a pass-heavy team gets them, but I, I don't think when you get in the playoffs, the formula is you have to be able to run the ball and you have to play defense, and they check both those boxes. Yeah, I, 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 I do think they beat East this week. They'll be undefeated. I think Princeton's got a new lease on life coming back to beat yeah. Dakota East down 21-7 at the half. It looked like their season was heading towards a non-playoff season and yeah. unraveling quickly. They, they've got a get-right game this week, too, with there Middletown, and suddenly you look up. And they've got a chance to be five and two with an undefeated Fairfield rolling into their stadium. They played, they played fairly toe to toe with Colerain. Colerain was the better team, right. and I think they played ten times. Colerain still wins nine of those. 
Um, so I think that sets up to be a great showdown next week, but that is uh, that is next week. Elsewhere in the region, though, from a Harbin perspective, Fairfield was two, Elder three, Lakota West sits at number four. Princeton moved up to number five. They were out of the playoff uh, scenario last week, but the win over Lakota East moved them up. Coleraine sits at six. Walnut Hills, believe it or not, is at seven. Sycamore is, is eight. Hamilton sits at nine. Lakota East, 10. Lebanon at 11. All of those teams have three wins. Milford also has three wins, but Milford probably has a lot of work to do to move right. back into the the, uh, the playoff picture there. In Division Two, it's Region 8, uh, and there's some teams from outside the area mixed in. Canal Winchester sits at number one, but this week it's Turpin 2, LaSalle 3, Harrison, which keeps rolling yes. along. They're 4-1, sitting at number four, and Winton Woods coming off the loss to St. Ed's sits at number six. Now, Winton Woods is in, quite a, is, a, is in a bit of a quandary. And I say that knowing how, how, how good I think they are. They play a team this week away, Christian Brothers out of Missouri. They are a Division I level team, so you get Division I points. They then play Edgewood, which is a Division II team, but is mm-hmm. only 2-3. and three, And they close out with Elder and LaSalle. It is conceivable that they finish 1-3 and three right. to finish the season off. And I just wonder if that is going to be enough for them to, to make the playoffs. Could you imagine it that? probably will. Their win over Trotwood, Trotwood keeps winning. That, that only qualifies as a Division Three win in the Harbins. But Trotwood sits at 4-1, and one, yep. and I'm guessing Trotwood probably wins out. That will help. But their other wins are over a one-win West Claremont, a one-win Moeller, which may not win another game, a two-win Upper Arlington team, which I'm going to guess they will win a handful more games before the year is out, and then the loss to St. Edward, they're not going to get second-level points. So they are. I think they're going to have to scratch out a win between LaSalle, Elder, and Christian Brothers to pr- yeah. I still think they probably make it. I got to look here real quickly, and I didn't to see what the gap is between them and the rest. It's a it's a pretty tight bunch as they sit at, at number six. Then Walnut Ridge, St. Charles, Talawanda, which suffered its first loss, sits at number nine. I, I would hate to see a playoffs without Winton Woods because I think in the Division Two level, <laughs> they're they're at least a top three to five team. Yeah, can you imagine though a, a one or two seed having to come across Winton Woods? Yeah, as a oh, seven or eight. Yeah. There, there, there's, your, there's your reward. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, that, that would not be the the best scenario. In Division Three, Region Twelve, again, uh, mostly teams from out of the area. The, the teams locally that are that are in the ratings. Franklin sits at number three. Baden sits at number four. Ross, which uh, just got a big win over Mount Healthy last week, forty-eight to thirty. They sit at number five. And then Hughes is actually, actually, take back, those teams are tied. Baden, Ross, and Hughes all tied at, uh, at number four. Mount Healthy a little bit on the outside looking in at number 10, but they got in the playoffs last year because of their uh, tough schedule and some wins. They got in last year at, at a 5-5 uh, five and five record. And in Division of Four, the showdown looms, Tony. Sitting number one is Wyoming. No surprise yep. there. Number two is Indian Hill, and those two teams will play the last regular season game. Before then, Indian Hill has the following. They have Marymont. Which I thought played uh, Wyoming well, I mean, pretty well, decent, twenty-one yeah. nothing. Um, then they have Reading, and that'll, that's always tough. That, Big win this week for Reading. They got because you know why? Because you know why? Why? It was their first win. So they it scored. Was, so it was a big win. They scored points. They did score points. Big block field goal. Did they? To hold on 32 33-32 against Finneytown. That's awesome though. They got yep. a win. That's, that's yes. good for them. So they have Reading, which has one win. Taylor has one win. That Finneytown team you just mentioned, and then Wyoming. So get past Marymount, and it sets up the showdown. Not many. The not many. Chances for points going forward. No, but you keep winning, you at least get the points for the win. Yeah. The points for the win are the big part. And then yes. they got a chance the last week to pick up a bunch of points with Wyoming, or Wyoming gets a chance to, to maybe finish undefeated. Clinton Massey sits at number five, and McNick at eight, Roger Bacon nine, and Bethel Tate at ten. And those are three actually pretty good teams. Let's go to Division Five here locally. In you've got 
Uh, CHCA has now ascended to number one. They're a really good program. Yes. Taft, and I, I did the Taft-Beachwood game on Saturday, and I came away with a lot of things about Taft. A, you mentioned they got some dudes. Mm-hmm. The quarterback really impressed me. He came in completing Please. only 44% yeah. of his passes, but um, I don't know if you saw much of him. Yep. I thought he threw the ball really well. Threw the ball well. He plays uh, what safety plays as safety well. And, and can yep. lay the He's wood. an athlete. He's a really good athlete. Really good athlete. But I, I really was more impressed with him as a passer than I thought I would be. Yep. And I thought I'll tell you what I thought they were really well coached. I thought de- defensively very disciplined. Yep. Um, didn't make many mistakes. Didn't make many mistakes on offense. Uh, I really liked them. I think Jeff Jeff Cargill's done a great great job. But they sit at number three. Summit Country Day is five. Then Madeira six and Marymount tied for seven. Those are the only uh, local teams really. The other ones are, are way down the list. Uh, not a lot of teams we have locally are in Division Six or Seven, but in Division Six, Deer Park still sits in the playoff the picture park. at seven, at four and one. Let's see what the park's got left this year. The park still has Finneytown, mm. probably a win, right? Win. But then how about this stretch? Wyoming, Madeira away, Marymount at home, and then they do finish with Redding. So possibly a six and four finish for the park. Would that get the park in the playoffs? That's open to debate. And then finally in uh, in Division Seven. And this is Region 28. New Miami sits at uh, number two. They're undefeated, but they've played one less game. They've only played four games. Cincinnati College Prep is third. And then uh, it's a big drop off to Hillcrest Academy, which actually sits at number 11. In Northern Kentucky, Covenant Catholic keeps rolling along, but their schedule, as we've talked about, is soon to get tougher. They still have LaSalle on the schedule. They still have Highlands on the schedule. Be, uh, LaSalle, Cuffcast would be a really yes, good Yes, it should. This week they play Boone County, which which will uh, be a win for sure. They've only given up nine points in five Northern Kentucky wins. Cuffcast 6-0, and oh, but LaSalle and Highlands still loom for them. Highlands coming off a loss to undefeated Boyle County, which is ranked number one in the state of Kentucky in Class 4A, so a really good program. They play a one-loss Connor team this week, so that should be an interesting game to see if they can bounce back. And in Indiana, East Central, I put them in the local 12 top yeah. 12 this week. They're, uh, they they're number 10. Winning. They just keep winning. Beat South Dearborn 41-6. to And I move Lawrenceburg up. I mean, Lawrenceburg's only loss... East Central. It, it, it was a couple touchdown loss, but they were in the game for a good they chunk played of really it. Well, yeah, East Central, yeah. Yeah, they were they were in that game the whole first half. It got away a little bit in the second half, but since then, they've taken care of business. Absolutely. All right, we talk high school football each and every week, and we're getting down to that point in the season where a lot of games matter and none more than this Friday when St. Xavier takes on Elder. When we come back, we will talk some college football. UC with a very impressive win and a big-time showdown with Central Florida looming. Or, I'm sorry, UCF is what I should call it. That looms on uh, on Friday night. We'll talk about what four teams we would each have in the playoffs. Yeah. I think I'm dropping Clemson from the list. We'll see what Tony says. Up. Changing quickly. For Tony Pike, I'm Richard Skinner. We'll be back with segment number three from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. This is the Angry Quarterbacks from ESP Media. For professional staffing, there's only one name you need to know. Robert Half. Robert Half custom matches our candidates to your specific hiring requirements by combining personalized service from local staffing experts with an advanced matching technology based on 70 years of successful placements. For highly skilled accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, or administrative staffing, count on Robert Half. We'll find you productive, engaged employees. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. Welcome back into segment three of the Angry Quarterbacks. We dissected the Bengals. I think we dissected them, diced them, whacked them up, and put them in a garbage bag and said, take it out to the dumpster, let's start from scratch. It's garbage night. We did that in segment one. Segment two, we talked high school football. And now in segment three, as we always do, we talk some college football. We'll start very locally with UC. Um, I know people are going to look at the Marshall win and go, ah, it's just Marshall. I want people to understand, Marshall went to Boise. Yep. And not just played toe-to-toe with them from a score standpoint. 14-7 to is what Boise mm-hmm. beat them by at Boise. They stood toe-to-toe with them physically. I, I got yes. a chance. I got back from my game that night, and when I come back 
on a Friday night. I grab myself a, a cocktail usually, and then yeah. and then actually do our high school football scoreboard. So I'm kind of doing a couple things at once. And uh, when I got done with that, I, I I was by the time I was done and posted and all that, the second half was starting. I thought, great, I'm going to watch this. It looks like a really good game. Marshall stood toe to toe physically with yes. Boise, a Boise team that went down and manhandled Florida State. And look, I know Florida State isn't the Florida State that we all grow up remembering, but it's still Florida State, and they still have some dudes, right? Right. So I, I honestly, I thought UC could go there and win, but I thought it would be nip and tuck. I thought it would be you'd be all out to win that game, and it wouldn't have shocked me if Marshall won. My God, Tony, they kicked their ass. Yeah, it was, it was, it was one of the most. It was the most complete game I've remember UC playing in a long time, probably since the late two thousands. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around. That's there. when they had good quarterback play. Right, UC, their dude. quarterback play was outstanding. Yes, it was. But they've they've been haunted all year by slow starts. Mm-hmm. They got off to a fast start. Um, Desmond Ritter looked like Desmond Ritter of last year, where he hasn't really this year up to Saturday. And, and, and what did we talk about on last week's podcast in the bye week? And you mentioned it, and you were pretty that the week of I think not just physical rest for him, but maybe yeah, mental rest mental. for him. Yeah, and understanding too, like you don't have the same offensive line. You have deficiencies, uh, but the line played well, uh, and and really what helps you see is the emergence of Alec Pierce had over 100 yards in the first half. A down-the-field threat makes it a lot harder for teams just to load the box against that you're, running you're, game. You're going to have to play two yes. safeties. You're going to so, have to play two deep a bunch. So you get a a confident Des Ritter who was throwing the ball on time. You get a really good defense. I mean, and, and again, like you said, Marshall was physical. Marshall, Marshall will go. I, I will, they were Mar- running. Marshall will go to a bowl game in my yes, opinion. Yes, yeah. They, they were running for over 200-plus yards a game. UC completely stifled everything they wanted to do. They made that defense that, again, that defense that went on the road to Boise and gave up 14, it looked like a high school defense against UC. And now I look, look, coming out of the start of the season, you figured 3-1 and one would be where you need to be. Mm-hmm. and It was just weird getting there, right? Yeah. And, and you can say all you want about the Ohio State loss. It started, after, you know after, what? It started to look yeah, better and better. After watching Ohio State at Nebraska, who was going to be a dark horse team this year, I don't feel as bad about the Ohio no, State loss. I think we're going to get to Ohio State in a second. Yeah. I think it's starting to show more of how good Ohio State really yep. is. Now, the, the question is, this week, yes. everything in front of you in the American Athletic Conference, UCF is good, but they're not what they have been. No, went to Pitt and lost right. 35 Well, they, they saw that erasing a 21-point deficit doesn't always equal a win at Pitt. You have to have that, that last coup de grace moment yep. of a wide receiver making the play of his life yeah, exactly. to salvage his god-awful exactly. quarterback's bad throw. Exactly. Just put it out there. Just put it out there. Let him, go, play. let him go get it. But, uh, no, I mean, they now their, their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, they, they, they just crushed the Hawaiian quarterbacks. Um, but he shows the, the – uh, Well, they've been rotating guys, yeah, too. Yeah, and, and they rotate. But, but Gabriel, if he's pressured, will throw the ball into coverage. And he'll throw it up and let his receiver try to go make a play. You have opportunities to get turnovers. You have an opportunity. But that being said – Are you surprised UC's an underdog at home? No. See, no. I am a little bit. Cause I... That being said, if, if UCF gets into their rhythm offensively, which you saw against Pittsburgh when they race, then they're really tough to beat and they're yeah, tough to stop. I'll be honest, I watched them against Stanford, and yeah. they got into a rhythm to where yep. Stanford had If they're into no that rhythm, answer, you're in man. trouble. Um, but I think this UC defense, and I go back to even the Ohio State game, Tony, I thought the defense had a good day. Yeah. A pretty good. I mean, I yeah. really did. I thought. I mean, it was 7 nothing after the first yeah. quarter. I, I, a couple things don't go their you way. Know, you and, look back at the Miami game, and they dominated that for three quarters. Right. And the UCLA game, while they didn't dominate, they did some really good things in that. And now you just dominated Marshall. I think this defense is really good. I think 
Look, you're not holding Central Florida or UCF or however, whatever you want to call them. You're not holding them in the teens, probably. Right. They're going to get in the 20s. But I think their defense is a sieve, and I think you get to the 30s. I, I, think, you got, I think you win this game. I think the home crowd is going to be great. I think you have a lot of confidence now if you're UC on, on both sides of the football. Um, and I just I think they win this game and, and get on a bit of a roll now. Whereas opposed, we're, before we were looking on, oh, UCF's going to be hard, and holy cow, you got uh, you got uh, King at, at, at Houston. He's going to be hard yeah. to stop. Well, he's no longer yep. the quarterback. Now, Houston had a really good win now, against Me- North Texas. Yes, they did. Now, Mem- Mem- Memphis will be a uh, – yes. Memphis might be the, the, and Temple, the Temple second most difficult game in Temple defensively, yeah. Um, but, I mean, get through this game, and, yeah. and I could I could make a case. They, they, run, they the run the table. table. Right. Yep. Now, UCF, 2016, uh, they lost 31-13 to to Arkansas State. Since that game, they've scored 30 or more in every game. Yeah. So – you have to go into this game offensively thinking, okay, we got to get 35 but think, points. But I think you can. Yes, you should be I mean, able Pitt to. Pitt got 35. Yes. Pitt got 35. Do you think UC's personnel is better than Pitt? Yes. I do too. Yes. I mean, Stanford, I think, ended up in the 30s, if not the high 20s. And, yeah, their, and their offense is a, right. is a clown You show. can score points, but again, when you play a team like UCF, you start playing outside of your normal comfort zone a little bit because you start feeling like you have to score yeah. and you have to come away with points. If you just play your game – and possess the ball and stay aggressive on defense and don't let UCF dictate things, then you got a great chance to win Friday night. I, I think they do. I think they win. I, I, I've been really impressed with really the last seven quarters of yes. football. They, they, they did yep. what they needed to do with Miami. I think they had a little first quarter hangover from Ohio State and then realized, uh-oh, we better snap out of this. Right. I'm telling you, that win at Marshall is is way better than what you yep. may think it is. 100%. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heck of a victory. Let's move on to Ohio State. Uh, Kentucky, by the way, does not play this week, which means it'll be another week before we see wide receiver Lynn Bowden having to play quarterback because they literally have nobody else. Mm-hmm. And that's the shame of this season, unfortunately. The first guy got hurt, Terry Wilson, and then Sawyer Smith got hurt, and they're a five-ring circus right now. So we'll see if Lynn Bowden can do it. Dun, dun, and Miami dun, coming dun, off dun, of a nice dun, win. Dun, Mentioned dun, them very quickly over yeah. Buffalo. To, to get the one to know, they're also on a bye Great. this week. So let's turn our attention to Ohio State. I thought they'd go to Nebraska and win. I thought they'd win comfortably, but I, I didn't. I think what it shows me now is I can't underestimate Ohio State anymore, and I have to put them in the conversation for the playoffs and the national championship. Yes. I, I think it's an absolute. Uh, when you talk about their, their coach has never lost against the spread, by the way. Just throwing that out well, there. That's eventually going to happen. They're, 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 they're spread this week with Michigan State. I think it opened at like 17. It's gone to 20. I like it. And I think it's going to get hammered up into the, the, like the 23, 24 yeah, Michigan range. Michigan State can't score. They can't them. score. No. Ohio State's going to score on the Well, well right now when you're talking about Ohio State, you better start at the 40-point mark and realize if you're yep. looking at the spread, what can the other team do to get it within the number when the Ohio right. State's scoring 40? Correct. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, he doesn't turn the ball over. He can run it. He can throw it. They have J.K. Dobbins. They have Chase Young on defense. I mean, they're balanced. It's funny. We're, we've talked a lot about Justin Fields, right? Yep. And rightfully so. But you look at their offensive balance, it's almost straight down the middle, about 250 yeah, yards passing, 250 yards their rushing. Their line is dominant. I mean, that. look, this is a Nebraska team that before the season, people were talking about them being a dark horse. Absolutely. And they, 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 got they did whatever mashed. they wanted to to Nebraska. It was one of the biggest statements game Statement game of recent memory that I like, I can recall, and I think that was that was by intent of saying, "Listen, you want to sleep on us, nation? Go ahead." Yep. But right now, we want to put ourselves in the conversation because the conversation has been Clemson, two SEC teams, and Oklahoma. Right? Yes. I think you better start putting Ohio State in that conversation. Forty-eight to seven. Yes. It was what thirty-eight nothing at the half. Right? Yeah. That's it could insane. have been worse. Could have been a lot worse in Nebraska. In Nebraska, with the Nebraska, they put up seventy-six on Miami of Ohio. They put up fifty-one on Indiana. 
put up 45 on Florida Atlanta, put up 28 in the first six minutes yeah. and decided we're not showing another thing. Put up 42 on what I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not telling you something. And it was 7 nothing against the UC first quarter. Did, yeah. I mean, they, they can score at will in absolute bunches. Offensively, they're way ahead of the curve, and their defense doesn't get as much credit as it deserves. And that's why you look at this Michigan State game. I'm starting at the number 40, and I'm looking yeah. at Michigan State going, you'll be lucky if you get 10. Good luck to Ohio State-Miami was 7-5 after the first quarter. Ohio State scored 42 second-quarter points. 42 that points. You, that means you had to possess the ball yes. six times. 42 points. So guess what else happens when you possess the ball six times? It means you either had to turn the other team over, or you force three and outs very quickly, which they're yep. very capable of doing. And yes. then they get short fields, and that's what they're going to do to Michigan State. They're going to force yep. them to punt and score, force them to punt and score, and then Brian Lewerke, who's not very good, will throw a pick, yep. and you'll look up, it'll be 21. Yeah. And, and then Michigan State is not built for the comeback right. mode. So I think Ohio State gets another comfortable win. All right. So let's turn our attention nationally. Yep. Clemson has fiddle-farted around all year long. I thought they were bored. I think they maybe still are bored. But I'm starting to wonder now, Tanner Lawrence doesn't look quite as sharp as last year. They don't look quite as sharp as last year. And I'll be honest, as we sit here today, I'm probably going to be wrong because they will probably find it, fix it. Yep. And they got a chance in the ACC to do that without having to Here's worry about losses. But this in the ACC, I think right now it's Wake awful. Forest is the second best I team. Think, I don't think I, they are the second best team. Without a doubt. That's, that's incredible. So that'll tell you about yep. the ACC. I, I still could maybe put Virginia in there because I thought Virginia did some good things at Notre Dame for at least I mean, Virginia two Virginia almost, I mean, they, they almost lost a week before. I though. know, yeah. I mean, that was... Yeah. I mean, Wake that, Force has been consistent this year. I think Wake Force is the second best team right, in that so, league. So I'm going to give you this scenario right now. After I've watched Clemson for, for five weeks of this season, mm-hmm. and I just have not gotten wowed. They've got Florida State, Louisville, Boston College, Wofford, NC State on the road, Wake the next Wofford to last game at home, him. at South Carolina. Wofford is not catch, catch Catch what? Catch the bus back home? Yes. At South Carolina could be interesting if Carolina continues to improve. I don't think they're won't very be. I don't think they're very good. Those won't be close. All right, so... I think we can safely assume Clemson runs the table, right? Yes. And if they don't, they, I will say this. They can't afford a, a loss. Not not against that schedule. Correct. All right, so Clemson goes undefeated. Georgia and Bama, or Georgia and LSU, or Georgia and Auburn. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of those three from the West goes undefeated, because they all three can't go undefeated. One of those three from the West goes undefeated. Georgia goes undefeated. Oklahoma goes undefeated. And Ohio State goes undefeated. Oh. Give me your four. Man, I don't know. I so as of today, yeah, let's let's go as of today. As of today, but I'm also telling you that they run the th- those teams yeah. run the table. As of today, I have Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma. That would be my foot, and I'll, I'll caveat it with saying I won't just go Alabama. I'll go whichever one of those three teams from yeah. the West. But I look, I look right now. Here's the interesting thing: to me, there's nine teams in play. Wisconsin's still in play. Wisconsin's they weren't very in impressive. Play. LSU's in play. Florida's still in play. Auburn's I, I, in I don't play. think Florida. I think Florida, Florida loses a couple. Florida, I think loses to Auburn this yeah, week. Yeah, and a team that would need a ton to happen. But Notre Dame didn't hurt themselves against Georgia. No, but they would. I think need Georgia to make the playoffs in right. order for them to make the playoffs, right. right? But I mean, how? Which means Georgia would probably have to beat. Right. Probably have to beat Bama in the title game. I mean, we're, we're talking about all these teams. How about Oklahoma? Uh, they, they're. How about what Jalen Hurts is doing right now? It looks like a video game. Yes, and they're. They're not great defensively, and I think but they're they, better. I think in a playoff scenario, I think they would be the fourth team. If you said, yep. "Hey, rank the four well, in the playoffs," I'd love to see Alabama, Oklahoma. I, would, I think I, I'd love to see. I, yeah, I'd love. Yeah, I'd love to see that for Jalen yep. Hurts. I would too. Yep. But they are so video game on offense. It's obscene. They're averaging. <laughs> this is crazy. Hey, granted, they have not played a tough schedule yet. Mm-hmm. All those things. Six hundred and sixty-eight yards on offense. Yep. Six hundred and sixty-eight. That's crazy. But when I look at them and Clemson. 
and I look at neither neither team has played a tough schedule. They've Oklahoma's been, way, been more impressive. Way more impressive. Yeah. So I mean, they went to UCLA in uh, the Rose Bowl and kicked their ass. Yep. Right. Um, the, the, Clemson has just they have kind of yeah. just kind of loped their way. It's through crazy because this year you might not be able to get away with that. I, and I think that's for them. I think because the ACC is so bad. Yes. I they, they've had this moment each year, right? Remember the Syracuse loss a couple years ago, yep. and it, it looked ugly. And they had a couple games last year. Maybe that Carolina game is this, but it feels like it's more of a trend for them. Yeah, and there's no—I mean, they cannot lose a game. They're no. in that mode of not being able o- to lose. A Oklahoma, game. if they win out, will have better wins than Clemson. Correct. Ohio State, if they win out, will have yes. much better wins than Clemson. Absolutely. Alabama, if they win out, much better wins than Clemson. So, all these teams Auburn's already to, got two good wins. Auburn right. wins out. Yeah, all these teams start to win out, and you could very well be undefeated on the outside looking in. Yes, and that's—they've kind of put themselves in that scenario. Yep. Schedule better at the beginning of the year. There's that, too. All right, Tony, appreciate it as always. Yes. We'll be back back another week. Are we going to be talking next week about a Bengals win? I think we are. If not. I don't think that. Am I talking myself into this stupidity? Look, if we're not talking about a Bengals win next week. You better look at the Jets down the road and Miami down the road. I can't wait for the the announced attendance for the Jets-Bengals. December, I believe that's December 1st. I'm doing that off the top of my head. should be a great month of December because December 22nd, they're going to head into Miami. I know. That should be fun. The winless bowl. Oh. I think they get a. I think they surprise you with the win. The get right the game for the Bengals. <laughs> Everybody's got to have one. Right now, this the Bengals are the get right team. I'm telling you right now, Cliff Kingsbury. This is his get this right is his game. Get right game, exactly right. This sure is he's like, we're gonna get our first win. I'm sure, that's how he's selling it. Oh my heavens! All right, Tony. Enjoy Friday night. It should be a fun atmosphere at uh, Nippert Stadium as UC gets uh, set to take on UCF. We'll be back uh, next week. We'll be back on our normal time slot this week because of the Monday night game. We had to move it back a day, but we appreciate you listening. Tony Pike, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and your friends at ESP Media.